Yes. Guys, got an absolute amazing guest um, for you guys today. Um, so Riz, as he likes to be called, um, has been one of the most special students I've ever had in the inner circle. I've never had a moment in my life where this man does not pick me up and make me feel better. He's actually called me on some days where he knows I've had a tough day at work. We've become like incredibly close um, over the last couple of months, which has been such a great asset um, to my life. So firstly, thank you. Um, my, my very good friend and cat lover. How many? You got yes. two cats as well. <laughs> Love me pussies. Got two now. Got a little rescue at 10 weeks and then one at five months. So yeah, cat lovers unite, bro. We're, we're onto it. Maybe that's why, um, maybe that's why so, so well. But yeah, um, I think so. Think today, guys, about the Godfather offer, being the best student um, in a program, which I think is a particular uh, skill set, a little bit on organic marketing and, um, you know, how to make your gym a very special place. But Riz, mate, before we, before we get into it, um, why, why did you get into the, the fitness industry? It's a pretty, pretty crazy industry to get into. Okay. So there's like a, a huge fucking backlog. And like, and I always believed, I'm going to go really broad and then try and narrow it in for you guys. I always believed like, um, my mum was a, like a socialist, you know, that is, but like someone that believes in like sharing wealth essentially. Right. So I wasn't really like the whole idea of being a business owner and that sort of stuff or making money was kind of like frowned upon. But in my head, I was always, <laughs> mate, I was like, when I was like, I think I used to steal my dad's porn mags and sell them as a kid to other kids <laughs> when I was like 12. So I was always trying to make money. Um, it was just in me. I don't know where it came from. My mum wasn't like that. Nobody in my family really was like that. But um, I tried to do make money in like the most morally acceptable way so I wouldn't get the disapproval from my mum. And I thought, well, as long as I'm not like a banker, as long as I'm not someone that's going to like sell you a car you don't need or whatever in my head when I was young, I thought, might as well try and make people's lives better and make money at the same time. Like I thought that was yeah. kind of seemed like an honorable thing to do. I did like a chef's course and a bunch of other things like worked in kitchen, mowed lawns, did like brickies, brickies apprenticeships and shit. But then came the realization, like I, I love being in the gym and I loved through my own health and fitness journey from when I was sort of like a, a really overweight kid at 16, my own journey and transformation there. I really kind of wanted, I saw that as the honorable thing to do in my life. So I just kind of zoned in and focused on that. And, um, and kind of came from the lens of like wanting to help people, whatever that kind of looked like. I didn't really care as long as I put my energy into learning. I did like a psychology degree and I've done a bunch of other stuff because it's all centered around helping people. So as long as I can make money around helping people, I was kind of mm. happy. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. And mate, you said um, something very interesting about the socialist. So I had a very interesting interaction um, two weeks ago when my, my sister came down. So she's also a socialist. So we're walking to the beach and uh, and she's like, Jeff Bezos should give all these profits to his staff. <laughs> and and I was like, I was like, what is this chick on? I was like, I was like, and then anyway, so so we we're chatting, and it, I was like, I was like, that doesn't make sense. And like, no. and then so now she calls me her little capitalist. Um, but I was, <laughs> a I was, nice little pat on the head there. Yeah, I was talking to um to my psychologist, uh, Rach, and I was like you know, this was such a weird conversation. It played with my head. Like, why would anyone think like that? She's like, oh, she's a socialist. I was like, oh, it was my first interaction with it. Yeah. Um, but but very interesting. It makes sense, like spreading the the wealth around. I do believe having too much wealth is a bad thing, but there is no way I'd be sharing my I mean, profits equally down. <laughs> no, but I think, I think it comes from people who don't really understand business. Mm. I think once you've worked and built your own business, like I was very much like team socialist. I was like, that sounds great. Everyone should get it. And then I'm like, actually, a lot of people don't, really pull their weight in life either and they don't deserve the same amount of cash as somebody who does work overtime 
I'm sorry, I just can't align myself with that belief. But I, th- yeah. I think that's what it's grounded in. I'm, I'm open to being wrong on that, but I, I think that's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. Once you own your own business, well, you, you don't really want to be, a, you, <laughs> it's not on the cards. Well, I think it's just such a, a beautiful mindset to have because I, I imagine when um when my sister said it, we had a really lovely conversation. Um, but you've got to have your your mind really open to, you know, so many different things in the world. But let's keep on the fitness side of things. Of you, you mentioned you were a little bit overweight when you were 16. Yeah. Um, talk to us a bit about your fitness journey, how you fell in love with, you know, your training and, and things like that. How did yeah. that come about for being an overweight kid to, you know, being yeah. the, the handsome Hercules you are today? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, look, man, I was I went to a performing arts high school from like 12 to 16, Newtown High. Yeah. Some of you listening might be locals to Sydney and, and know the school. Essentially, like really, really beautiful people there when I was a teenage kid. Like, 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 you know, chicks yeah. were ten out of tens from my perspective as a twelve-year-old boy. You know, I was like, "Fucking what?" Um, yeah. And we had the reputation of like having really hot dancer girls like in the school. And so immediately, like, you start sort of comparing yourself to that. And immediately, I didn't fit in. I had long hair, mm. like a Justin Bieber sort of vibe. I was like quite chubby. And I didn't really sort of feel like I fit in at all. I played like sports and soccer. I love soccer. I, was, I played it for like eight years. Um, but my mum was always like very anti-fitness and like didn't want me to become like a bullfed or like my dad because there was a bit of history there. My dad's sort of quite a dominant sort of big guy. Um, she didn't want me to become anything like that. And so for me, there was always this like push-pull, but I couldn't escape the fact that I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. I didn't like mm. how I felt. There was anxiety. There was social comparison. Talking to girls, I felt like I was never worthy, and that's a big thing. Like a lot of a lot of us, and what we what we gear our behavior towards is you know finding companionship and doing all these sorts of things. And I wasn't, I didn't even feel aligned in that. And so I was like, well, what can I do? I'd do push-ups, I'd go running, I'd do all sorts of like stuff that was sideways to like being effective. Like I just did whatever I could get my hands on as like a 14, 15 year old kid. That didn't work. I ended up going to the gym at 16 when I moved to a country town called Tari. It's like four hours north of Sydney. I know Tari. I used to play rugby league in Tari. I grew there up in go. Tamworth. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. So, that, we used to play footy all around that area. Yeah, yeah they're big in footy there, man. They've got a good, good. A few, we got few good footy boys. Coming. Yeah, country boys. <laughs> man. They're, in, they're intense, <laughs> dude. They don't give a shit. Yeah. They were wild boys. Mm. Um, and so I moved up there and it was like 30 minutes to walk to the gym, 30 minutes to walk home. So I just got in that rhythm. Um, went to a gym. One of the guys there who was the trainer showed me pretty much everything I needed to do. And then I was just in there like a kid in the candy store, got put under the wing of a few, a few bigger guys who were like 40, maybe 35, 40. Um, and they just kind of ran me through sessions and, and kind of helped out, which is really nice. And that's kind of where it took mm. off because I was like, fuck, I feel better. And girls are like, oh, who's this, you know, hot guy who's moved up from the, guy, <laughs> from the city? And I was like, sweet, this is, this is the We're good to go. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, and so it was just a lot, a lot of that. And that's what I was like, oh, well, I'm actually in control of my life. I can actually affect it and change it. Whereas previously, I didn't think I had any control. I felt very powerless. I felt very much like a victim to my circumstances. I was very, very poor as a kid always in hand-me-downs or whatever. And I just felt like I never had control. The gym was the first place I had control. And so I wanted to give that back to people. And I think I was like, I want to help people cut the time that it takes for them to get results. So that's kind of why I'm kind of a no BS trainer. I'm like, no, it's this way. Don't overcomplicate it. Um, But I think that's kind of where it all comes from. I just want to empower myself and then help people feel empowered as well through my services. So that's where it sort of came from. And that's where it is. Mate, it's a very special story, you know, changing your life, realizing how powerful that is for you and then wanting to pass that on um, to the to the rest of the community because, you know, in the 
in the community we have at the moment. So many people hate their body. There's so much confusion out there um, with health and fitness, what works, what doesn't. And, you know, being an overweight kid myself at 16, so we have such a similar stories. Yeah. I did crazy fruit diets. Yeah, I would right. run for like an hour a day. Um, it wasn't, I kind of did this craziness for nine months and and my uncle who I lived in Sydney with a very fit man and he goes, look, come downstairs. And they had this, had this home gym um, and he really tucked me under his wing for 12 months. And it was honestly some of the most beautiful, special memories I've had when someone teaches you how to lift and yeah. um, it's, um, it could really shapes the the men we are today. Yeah. And when you kind of transferred into, you know, owning a fitness facility, talk to the guys, what type of model um, do you have in terms of the types of training and things like that? Yeah. So strictly resistance training, we don't have a piece of a cardio equipment here in the gym. Uh, and that's intentional. Sounds like my type of gym. You yeah. begging me to come over. I should come I'll over. Be 100% brother. I'll crank <laughs> it open for you any, any day you want. Special access. Um, yeah. We don't have a piece of cardio equipment because I just think that people need to go for walks for mental health. They don't need to be told to run unless they want to. Like if you want to run, yeah. you're going to innately, that's going to be you're going to want to run. Like it's not a very hard thing to do. You don't need a coach to really hold you accountable to a run. I feel like that's more like a, a side thing that people want to do. Whereas like lifting weights um, and progressively overloading yourself, that's something you need accountability and guidance on and that sort of stuff. Um, but we do one-on-one, but the primary breadwinner is one-on-six um, and only one-on-six. I find that the product gets diluted if you go one-on-eight, one-on-ten, etc. For me, I was able to keep really close personal conversations with people in a one-on-six setting uh, as opposed to trying one-on-eight where it felt a bit more diluted. It felt more like a big group where you might as well just go to 20 people. Uh, So I I wanted to keep it nice and tight and essentially make it personal training, but in a small group setting. So there's still accountability. There's still intimate conversations that can be had about their progress and where they're heading, uh, but they don't have the price point either to worry about like a one-on-one session, which can be quite expensive for people two, three, 400 bucks a week. Uh, so I kind yeah. of, I wanted to find that happy medium. And I think we've done a really good job. Yeah. I really love the semi-private model. We didn't do it in our clubs. So we had, you know, um, 40 people in a, in a boot camp pretty much. And then one on 10, which was just like CrossFit without Olympic lifts. Um, yeah. We never did that, that small kind of group stuff. Obviously I learned a lot of it through Daniel Henderson Um, and then so many people in the inner circle do it. It's kind of like in vogue now in the fitness industry of everyone did their large boot camp shit trying to copy F45. And now everyone's going into that kind of small group, um, niche. It'll be interesting what the fitness industry looks like in 18 months. But a reason I wanted to get you on is, um, we've got the, the theme this week about the Godfather offering collecting cash up front. Um, so when you when you first started the the inner circle when you ran this offer, how much money did you collect the, the collect when you ran it? <clears throat> so keeping context, I think I've been with the inner circle now for maybe like five months, coming on perhaps six, I think. Um, Feels like so, five hundred years. Yeah, like yeah. Duck, duck I mean, water. good years though. Um, <laughs> um, so what happened was the first sort of month. Um, I'd come in. I really like the program in terms of like there's weekly accountability if you opt into it. And that's what I like. I like that it's there. Um, and then improvements can be made each week. It really suits me down to the ground because I like to be that kind of guy where it's week on week. I love that. Um, but I, I think it was part of the, it was six months ago. So for, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think part of the 28 day startup or the 14 day startup, or whatever we do, it's like you follow X offers that suit you, beta testing, Godfather, yep. et cetera. Uh, and the Godfather was the one that kind of stood out to me the most because I had uh, maybe 35 to, I think 29 realistic, 29 members, but I knew they all loved me. So 
I knew I could maybe collect some cash on the upfront because I just renovated the gym. I had a bit of money yep. owing to Combank uh, and also needed some upfront cash to just blur, burst on ads because I was like, dude, I don't care what I need to spend for ads. Let's just get clients. I'll make the sales, no problem. Uh, and sure enough, we did. So it was about 18K collected upfront. I contacted less than 10 people. I didn't want to say 10 oh, people because wow. I wanted recurring debits as well. I didn't want a bunch of cash up front because I wouldn't, re- I know I wouldn't probably be responsible with it <laughs> too much. <laughs> I was like, I was like, mm, 18K is good because I can pay off some of the bank and then uh, put some into ads. And sure enough, that plan worked really well. So, and, and so you just raised it, uh, um, released it direct, like text message, did you? Yeah, text message and email as, as was told, but only to yeah. like 10 people that I thought were going to jump into it. There was a few more yeah. people I could have I could have done it to. There was a whole other 30, 35 people I could have done it to, but I just chose not to because I like the reoccurring debit thing. It's how my brain works. I like knowing what Me I've too. got, you know, week to week. Um, but I understood that that the uniqueness of that offer is pretty good in my circumstances to at least get some cash flow in the business and uh, allow me to, fuck, I think I even bought like a fucking TV because I was moving into a new house. <laughs> it was nice, you know? So there was a bit of that where it was like, I, I I got to live a little and feel a bit better about my business and then understand that there was some work to be done with the cash that I had as well. So it was good. I think as well, it's just, um, so the reason we added in is a skill building exercise where, you know, at the moment, I believe you're at, at just about 60 members at the moment. Is yep. that right? Yep. Um, so really good stuff on that. You've doubled your business in in six months. So congratulations. But um, a, a business owner who can who can generate five to ten thousand dollars in a day or two is a dangerous business owner. And you know, I hope, mate, that you're never in that position. And I hope I'm never in that position as well. But if we ever do get in that position for whatever reason, because you can extract money fast, it just makes you sleep easier at night. Um, and then obviously you can use it for you know paying off, you know, loans and things like that. I know a lot of people in the fitness industry are in, you know, sadly in a little bit of debt after the yeah. last couple of years. Um, but you also reinvested it to to grow and you've you've kind yeah. of doubled your doubled your business towards the definitely end of doubled the, year. the business. Didn't didn't kind of definitely doubled the business and, in four months. Um now because I didn't have a trainer, I hit capacity. So 60 members was capacity for me. I tried doing some online stuff, did my best with there, but it was like, kind of and we fun. tried to it's interesting the online because I hated it, Jimmy. Um, I fucking I know. was pulling well, teeth, dude. I can't. I fucking hate. Well, <laughs> I I remember I was like, so one of the things I love about you, so direct, is we tried to do online because it was a way for Riz to scale, um, and also as well without getting stuff. So it's it's yeah. a potentially a good option. And remember, we're trying to we're <laughs> a great trying to option. Cut- Don't get me wrong, a solid option. We're trying to customize it for you, right? Like, hey, you mm. can do the weekly calls for the connection. And it just didn't hit, hey. And that's totally cool. <laughs> At least you tried it and you're not going to fucking think for the next five years that you should have an online business. Sometimes right. life, you just got to try stuff, see if you like it. Well, that's that's kind of how the history of like how I came to be a, such a passionate business owner was because I did landscaping. I did Bricky's Laboring. I did Chef's Course. I did damn near everything you could think of. I worked retail. I did the whole nine. And I was like, I always came back to fitness. I love fitness. I was like, well, fuck. I know no matter how many ten- temper tantrums I'm going to have, I'm still going to want to do what I want to do at the end of the day. So no matter where my head goes, it'd be nice to sit on an island and coach people from a laptop. <laughs> I'm like, I fucking hate stupid. It's not me. Uh, I don't care. Give me my bacon egg roll in the morning. Let me go to the gym and let me coach my clients. Like, I'm pretty simple. Well, well, the thing is, Riz, with the and I really hate that living on an island, working and stuff. Stupid. Because, well, because if you think about realistic, and I firstly love online um, businesses, I love online fitness businesses, I love gyms, whatever makes people happy. Yeah, but but the people who live on an island and sit mojitos and stuff, 
either they've outsourced themselves fully from the business, which means they're probably doing over three to five mil a year, which um, re- like realistically and statistically, not many people will get there. No. Or they've got two parts of fuck all clients. So they're like sitting on the beach in Bali, but they're fucking staying in a $10 a night place. And they're like, yeah. I'm a nomad. And they've got the shittest life ever. Um, <laughs> because when if, if people do online and you're listening to this, so I thought my life would be, I have a fully online business. I have a real fucking job now. Like I got to turn up at like on time. We've got 20 staff to manage. It's not like a full mess around. It's, it's such a fallacy that people think their life's going to be like yeah. that. Um, but sometime in your life definitely is when you go away for, you know, I'm trying to get you to come to Europe next year. I'll be yeah. a barrel of laughs if we can catch up. <laughs> but um, when you do that for 12 weeks, it's actually very unfulfilling as well. Yeah. So um, I did 12 weeks where I'd only worked a couple of hours and it was the most depressed I've ever been. Honestly, yeah, it was yeah. um, towards because the end. I was like, what's going on? Well, I, I mean, so- something that I learned, like, dude, when, when I've I've been through a, a fucking remedy, like drug addiction, like, all sorts of fucking weird shit in my life, like attachment stuff, going to therapy. And the thing that I learned was like, wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. If my brain is looking for an excuse to, to, to go somewhere else, if I'm thinking digital nomad, I'm not comfortable with where I'm at right now. And so I need to address mm. that uncomfortability now versus like in three months when I'm on a fucking island somewhere and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, I feel exactly the same. I've just delayed the time for that feeling. And I think that goes for a lot of things. I think it's like you do keto or whatever it might be diet wise, or you try a new thing. And it's like, you're just delaying the inevitable of you having to actually track your food and just eat less every day and manage your portions. I don't know. I, keep I, it basic. Yeah, man. Mm. I, I don't know. I, I don't like the online thing. It just doesn't. I think I think it's like a little pipe dream. I, I like that people can do it. I like that the options there, but for me personally, um, it just never aligned. I, I like seeing people. I smile. I love being to hug my clients in the morning and say good morning. Like I just that's me. Yeah, and I think um, you know, in the in fitness and businesses, sometimes if you don't know what you want, you've got to try it, and it's okay yeah. not to love it. But um, it's better to try something, realize that either you love it and run with it. Or realize that you know it's not for you so you can just park yeah. that idea and mate i want to talk to you a little bit about the feeling of collecting the 18k because <laughs> i rem- i remember when i first did my one i was about 26 and i'd never seen that amount of money hit a bank account in a day i thought i was going to be like a billionaire um so like a little yeah. bit more. <laughs> it's just like yeah i don't it know was, what to do with my millions today it was it was mental mate it was <laughs> mental but um, how how is it how is the feeling for you to know that you know you have that ability to you know collect that money in a, a day or a couple of days? I think because you've done like a, a lot of therapy, we've both done therapy. I think that that mental journey we can really walk and talk other people through because I noticed that you you explained pretty much what it was like that I walked through mentally, that experience psychologically that I went through, and it was. I could sleep easier at night now, knowing that I can re- generate that much revenue. It was very empowering because I knew I felt like a dangerous business owner. I was like, oh shit, like fucking mm. well, I'm 20 grand in a fucking day. You, yeah. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was like, like, like fuck all the doubters. <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, what's the training day with Denzel Washington? He's like, King Kong ain't got shit on me. I was like, that's yeah. how I felt. I was like, fuck everybody. I'm the man today. So it was the yeah. best feeling ever. Obviously, grounded with like that's not going to keep recurring all the but, things but it just helped you feel a lot better about your scenario and i just think that it's that 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 feeling and that confidence now has literally pushed me into the next four five six months of business where i've got a lot of confidence understanding that yeah 
I am that guy. Like, yeah, I can generate this money and yeah, I can grow my business if I choose to and if I choose to execute on the things I want to. So invaluable, mate. Loved it. it, it mm. The day was amazing and the knock-on effects have been amazing as well. So it's a, the Godfather offers a lot more than just an offer. It's 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 a way of life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and mate, you've been, um, I was mentioning at the start of the episode, um, you've been one of the best students that, that I've ever come across, um, but you actually mentioned at school you weren't the the best student so talk to us a little a a little bit about about that initially what you used to be and we'll talk about some of your traits now but what was it like at school I was a bit of a grub to be honest man I was um I I grew up in a really really troubled household so like like a lot of domestic violence and like a lot of instability and like drug use and stuff so like I was a bit I still am a bit fucking bonkers but like I was a bit more then and obviously uh, that led to like me getting suspended consistently I was always like He's a bright student if he applies himself, you know? And so for me, that was always my narrative was like, I got suspended. I, I can't even count on on how, like, I think I got in trouble more than 10 times easy for fighting or for fucking with other kids shit or like whatever it was. I was not a good student when I didn't want to be. But then there was always that reoccurring theme in my head was Adriano is bright if if he wants to be. And I was like, yeah, I know I'm smart if I if I care about what I'm you know, or I have a good facilitator. I didn't have very good teachers around me or any good mentors or people that cared about my education. So then I didn't really care about my education. I was like, oh, whatever then, fine. I'll just like focus on sport. Like I really like playing soccer and shit and lifting weights. And so those were things that I could put in, get, it was a sort of one-for-one transaction. Um, so yeah, I was I was a rat bag at school, man. I, I wasn't good at all. I just was good at the stuff I wanted to be good at. Then when I went to university, I was a really good student at uni, did my psychology degree, nailed that. Um, I think my highest mark for stats was like an 87 in second year stats, which is like a really good mark. Um, so the things I liked, I really gravitated towards and I knew I could do well at if I applied myself. So I think I had that in my back pocket always. Yeah. And then I think after lockdown, especially when it was like our industry was looking like it was going to shit itself in 2020, I, I kind of sat down. I think the second lockdown hit me even harder. And I sat down, I was like, do I want to be a plumber? Do I want to start an OnlyFans? Don't want to start selling drugs again. <laughs> I don't want to sell yeah. drugs. I don't want to be doing any fans. I don't want to become a fucking plumber and make bulk cash. I can't do that. I, it's just yeah. not an option. And so I'm like, well, well, guess what, big guy? You got to start going hard at what you love. Then, if that, if there's no other options on the table, let's laser focus it and and get really good. So I think that's what it sort of came to. I walked mentally down the alleyway of like, can I be an apprentice? Can I do this? And it was no every time. I would hate yeah. to wake up and do that. And so I was like, well, you've got to find a way then, buddy, because like. You've got no other choice. Either you'd be miserable or go really, really hard and work your ass off. And so far, working your ass off has been a really good option. So and you've got a, got an incredible work ethic. And thank you. One of the things that I really love about you is you're very a very direct person. Mm. Um, but you're very like jovial, like I've never had a bad yeah. experience. But what I like is with um our coaching together, there's no gray zone. You're like, this is what I want, this is what I need. Yes. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can give you this, maybe have a look at it this way. Um, and is that something that you've done recently with your coaching? Because when we first met, you're just like, boom, 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 this is what I need. Can you do it? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, and is that something new that you picked up post-COVID or have you always been, you know, pretty clear with with what you want to learn from mentors? No, I think I've, I think I've always been pretty clear, but I've always relied on a mentor to actually be to listen. Mm. And as a coach for me, I've either got the source for you or I don't, and I'll pass you on to the right coach for you. And I think that's where a lot of coaches go wrong. They'll happily take your money, let you live in the gray and be like, yeah, and play this kind of game of like, you know, 
essentially what felt like in the in the coaching experience that I went through was like, you know, throw shit at a wall and see what sticks versus like, I think, you know, you go to a bodybuilding coach and they're like, okay, it's bench press, fucking 10 reps, four sets, you know, you eat this and this and this and you will get this result. And yeah. I'd never met someone really until I came here Previous coaching companies, don't get me wrong, have helped me in the past, um, but you guys specifically have given me a measurable way of, like like bodybuilding was for me when I did my stint in bodybuilding. It was like, do this and and, and this will happen. And I've done this and mm. it happens. So for me, it's like, well, then fine. I, I've got this input to give you. What can you give me with that? I've got thousand bucks to spend on ads a week or whatever it is. What can you give me with that? Okay, cool. We'll work with that. And I don't know. And that's just sort of how... I've grown into because I think I've got the right coach in you, got the right mentor in you and the company. I don't think um, I've done other coaching companies before and I, and I kind of lost face because they told me that they give me something that they couldn't really. Um, whereas you guys like, no, no, we've run fitness businesses. This is how you do it. And I was like, cool. Mm. And then just did that and it worked. So, <clears throat> And one of the things I think why we clicked so quickly is one of the first thing you said for me is you go, I want my KPIs tracked and measured each week and I want someone to give me feedback. Do you remember that? Yeah. And, yeah. and I was just like, this is my man right here. Cause I'm all <laughs> right. And um, cause I just have this, this thing that I want to pass on to everyone that is that if you have a business coach guys and they're not giving you, if they're giving you feedback without business metrics and KPIs, just go and listen to their podcast. Cause they're giving you tips, but you were very clear um, within that. And how have the KPIs, cause we get to look at them every Monday together now. Um, how, how has that kind of helped you make better business decisions? Oh, mate, they're the best. We just know inputs, outputs. That's mm. it. It's like, it's like if you're training a client or whatever, and this is kind of how, and this is why I became a good student because also if I'm looking at my coaching clients and they start acting a fool and I'm looking at on them on mass and they're not counting calories and they're not weighing in, I fucking, I'm such a punish. It makes my yeah. job so much harder. I'm like, you're not, you're not getting the most out of this. And so for me as a student in roles are reversed, I'm like, well, I better be a great student because I'm talking shit about, well, I'm upset about these people acting this way. Well, I better bring the heat if if I'm going to be coached. I better be a good student. I can't complain about something that I do. I don't think that's right. So I'm like, well, I, my standards are different in that regard. Um, but so back to the KPIs. Um, yeah, mate, I, I think that's the only way to to run it. How are you going to know what works unless you measure it? Like you're mm. not going to know. I just feel like that's the best the best thing that you could have given me was that KPI sheet. I, 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 mm. it, it's so simple and so easy. And I love that you are acting like the, pers- the person that you want to be around. And a lot of fitness business owners, you know, don't get that where, you know, they'll complain when their clients miss sessions and they're not tracking, you know, metrics and they're not replying to their texts. But yeah. if they if they looked at themselves in the mirror, they're the person that doesn't reply to their friends and family and are late to events and things like that. Um, so that's why I love. Have you ever read much about Coach John Wooden? The- no. The, the pyramid of coaching. There's this really good book. I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll get it sent over um to you, Jim or House. Um, it's it's a book that fundamentally changed my life about leadership. Okay. Um, it's it's a really beautiful book, but it covers a couple of things on that. And mate, on the organic side, so I think I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> You're up there, bro. I love it. I yeah. show my wife everything. It's just an absolute cat. Now, yeah. I didn't realize that you're an actor. So that's that's yeah. gotta that's gotta help a little bit because <laughs> you actors a bit fucking much, but yeah, yeah, I've done some mate, acting you're, in the past. Mate, yeah. you're, you're Chris Hemsworth, but you <laughs> are you okay. are a you are a character organically. I love it. So 
Um, and, and, and we're talking before the episode, guys, I was like, do you have any mentors? I was expecting you to say, you know, Gary Vee or Grant Cardone. And you're just like that. This is a way for you to express yourself um, yeah. in a very boring in- industry. So talk to yeah. us a, a little bit about why you love organic uh, or why you love organic and how it helps you express yourself because you're you're amazing at it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I've got a pretty hot take on fitness. I think it's really fucking boring. Um, I think the fitness the, industry is boring. I think everyone that chicken and broccoli thing made me laugh. Yeah, the land of chicken and broccoli, <laughs> right? I just, I'm just so, I'm so over it. Like I've been doing it since I was 16 and every, every muscled up person is like, this is what I have for a day. And this is, and I'm like, it's just shut up. Like, I'm just so. It's the, like, the eight, the what I eat in a day reels. <laughs> it kills me. It kills, like, shut up. Really? Like for me, I just find that really, really boring. And I feel like I really like injecting a bit of fun and a bit of sass and a bit of fuck you to like, everything that I do because it's just how I, I like to operate. It's who I am. I'm a, I'm a bit flirty. I'm a bit fun, but I'm also very serious. And so I like to sort of blend those together on reels or whatever, and just try and have a bit of laugh with fitness because our, the general population, the people that I love coaching, they don't like, they see fitness and they go, Oh, fuck this. It's just a yeah. bunch of, you know, veiny people lifting weights or girls with giant asses on Instagram that they'll never be able to look at, like look like, and I wanted to boil it down for people so they could sort of digest it. So it was a bit more fun than just chicken and broccoli and like eat the same shit every day to get results. Like everybody knows that. And I, I kind yeah. of wanted to make it a little bit more interesting for people um, and make people have a laugh about things as well. Cause I just, I think it's boring and I think it needs it. And like within content guys, if you can make it entertaining um, is half the battle to capture people's attention um, so obviously in entertainment, especially if you're sharing a positive message, which you always are or a belief um, that you have, then your content just becomes very powerful. And mate, a lot of the a lot of the guys, you know, really struggle making organic content in the fitness industry at large, which obviously we're doing our best to try and fix with the inner circle. Um, but one of the things I talk about a lot with you guys is trying to make your marketing fun. It's meant to be fun. Yeah. You're meant to have a barrel of laughs, like, you know, not you know, making it a tedious, boring exercise, a bit like today's episode. Um, I feel like a, like I'm flying high at the moment. We've just had a yeah, lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, we're doing good. But, <laughs> but how do you kind of, you know, help make your content, you know, a little bit more fun as you're producing? Because it is a bit of a tedious task. Is there any kind of frames or, or any t- any tips or tricks you could pass on to the audience just to have a bit more fun with their reels and things like that? It takes, so so I kind of, I kind of became really comfortable in front of the camera through like Snapchat. I just be okay. spastic to my friends and just like literally feel myself to, <laughs> to like to nobody. And I'd send it off to everybody. Cause I just like, <laughs> like, shut up. Like I just found the app so stupid. Everyone would always just try and be hot on Instagram. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's so played out. Uh, so for me, I just was me. And, and I think if you're a boring person, then be even more boring. I've seen, mm. like, I've seen Instagram accounts that are like, Hey, Welcome to, and it's hilarious because they're just being like, like so ridiculously dry. And I think as long as you're like, you caricature what's kind of normal to you, I think you're okay. Like I'm not walking around going, hey guys, yeah, welcome no. to fitness tips. Like I'm not kicking shit in my day-to-day life, but on camera, it's fun to do that because yeah. it's, it's a caricature. Yeah. That video you sent me was classic because a lot of people in their branding, 
Um, it's very interesting in our, our testing. So what people do is they go pay a, a fucking professional camera company to come in to fill this, film this bullshit montage of their gym that's like like a, a bloody movie. Yeah. And in all of our testing, those type of videos perform at about 75% worse than videos of just you in front of the camera talking about what Riz Fitness is, what it, what, what it is and who you want to help, yeah. which I'm very excited to show you the results of that over the next two weeks once we get it bumped up in your ads. Yeah. Um, but that's something very interesting for you guys, especially on paid ads, unedited. People don't like to see paid ads. So unedited stuff that's natural and raw actually works a lot better. Um, so that's where you can do your content on your phone. Just shoot it yeah. up, boom, bang, done. I, I get mine out with a mic. Like I get a camera and a mic um, just because I know that audio quality is super important. Audio is that's important. The, uh, that's, yeah. that's the only reason why I'll do a mic and a camera. Um, I think that really helps me. But like, I, I don't know, man. I, I think it's. I think if people, I think you should just take the topics that your gym has been talking about for the week, what you've been hearing on the gym floor and make videos yeah. about that. Or for me, I'm a bit of a purist. Like I still lift weights five days a week. Like I still have bodybuilding goals or aspirations physically that I want to achieve. And I think if you're dialed into the industry, if you're a consumer of the industry and a production and a, and a producer of what, be, what is being consumed, services, et cetera, I think you're in a really good place to have your finger on the, on the pulse. And yeah. I like that. And, and I think that's, that's easy for me because I think a lot of business owners, fitness business owners, they'll be fat and out of shape. And I couldn't, I couldn't despise those people even more because I'm like, you don't even care about the product you're selling. You're like yep. selling apples, but you're fucking eating cake and you're not even trying the product <laughs> that you're buying. You're you're a hypocrite. I personally, like, I can't stand those people. For me, they might be lovely, yep. you know, good supporters for the community, but I just, I can't vibe with it at all. I'm a bit of a purist in that way. I'm like, no, I should be lifting weights and busting my ass too, just like these guys are. If these guys are training three times a week with me, I need to be training five. Like, that's kind of how I like to live it because then I'm on the cutting edge. Then I'm my, my tools are sharp. Then I feel better and, and I can give more to my clients. That's kind of where I get off anyway. Helps me with producing yeah. content. And and I really like a content strategy where you're answering your clients' questions because yeah. it, it works on a couple of facets, guys. So first of all, if we talk about creating raving fans where you know, um, your clients think you're the absolute bee's knees, you answer all their questions, they love your organic content plus your paid programs. It helps with retention a lot. So then you go, hey, Riz, I know we had a, had, had a chat about, you know, the putting lemon in your water. I made a reel for you on my Insta. I want you to go <laughs> check it out, right? Um, and, that, and that helps with retention. It helps with like your um, internal, you know, culture um, yeah. of a company. But also as well, if you want to attract people who are similar to your current clients, they're probably asking the same bloody questions in their head that are unanswered. Mm -hmm. um, so it works on a double facet and it also keeps you very in tune with your company. You've got to listen and you've got to hear, you know, hear what they say. You've got to read all the questions that they're asking. So then you can make really powerful content. And mate, just, just finally, I'm very sad. We've only got about five minutes. No, left. it's gone so um, fast. I think we're, I think we're going to have to do a weekly or something. Gonna, anyway, we'll that. <laughs> Is um, mate, we talked about the the gym being a special place for you and a special place for your clients. I think it's yeah. why you're so connected to your company. So, you know, talk to us a, a little bit about what type of, you know, internal culture and relationships you're trying to build um, with, with your company. Because also as well, your Christmas party look like a cat. Um, so hopefully, yeah, yeah. hopefully if I come over once every three months, I can get an invite to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. 
Done. Um, mate, I, I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't have a – I think a lot of my stuff has just come from, like, my childhood and whatever. And it sounds a bit, like, fucking woo-woo to a lot of people, I'm sure. Um, but, like, I didn't have a strong really – crazy. I didn't have a strong familial connection really or upbringing. And so I loved people that supported me. I never got support from family or really friends like pat on the back, but nobody, I've not had a lot of friends like promote my services or family. I've not had my brother like share my fucking business page or even put a Google review on there, the prick, you know, nothing. And so it's like the bare minimum I haven't received. And so if clients are like putting food on my table, I take that relationship very, very seriously. For me, I'm blessed. I'm lucky. Um, every client that, sure, if they're a pain in the ass client, well, you're a pain in the ass. That's your problem. I don't want to deal with you. you leave the gym. Mm. But for the most part, I've culminated a really good relationship with people that actually contribute to my life and I can contribute to theirs. And I really value and honor that experience. So I think in a lot of ways, it's become a second home for them. They can come talk shit. There's no topic that's kind of off the cards and we're not doing like hit training. So it's not like you're like, <laughs> like mm. out of breath. We can have conversations in between sets. We can talk about how, what's going on for them and the challenges that they're facing with their diet. And it becomes a bit more of a holistic sort of thing. So I don't really know how to best put it, but I just put a lot of love and care and personalization into all my clients, even in a small group setting. Uh, and I think that's a massive difference. I think people feel that when they come in, it's always big smiles and big energy. And if they're having a shit day, it's always like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, are you all good? Uh, it's nice and intimate and personal. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. Um, but yeah, the Christmas party was a vibe. We did like an 80s disco <laughs> theme. Everyone got dressed up as I could see. Mate, it's very interesting. And, and I think you would know this a lot better than me with, you know, studying psychology. But mm. when I, I I talk to my psychologist named Rach, Dr. Rachel Upperton, she's the bee's knees. But um, I was talking to her about my relationships at Code and Code 5 when I had it was like my fucking life, right? But then what happened is, is when I became a, a business owner, which every fucking business coach used to tell you to do, because I wasn't coaching people, I fell out of love with my own company. I didn't mm. love it anymore. So then what happened is I, I started to business coach people because I got that connection. Like me and you have connection yeah. is I fell in love with it. So I ended up selling my three gyms um, for wrong or right. That's what happened. Um, and now the inner circle is my life, but it's why I love it so much is the connections and the friendships. And with a business, you get to create your own fucking family. You yeah. get to create your tribe. You know what I mean? If someone, if you want someone in there, they can stay in. If you want someone out, you can boot them, um, which is one of the, and of you don't want to be too ruthless, but you get to create your own family. And that's what I love about yeah. a business. And I wonder if that's a little bit because me and you had a similar childhood. My mum passed yeah. away. My dad was a drug addict. I bounced from house to house. So different, but similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wonder if it, it's from that childhood where we create a business to create a community and a family yeah. that probably we always wanted. Massively. I think that's purely what it is because I created, I created one. I created, a, I started becoming a personal trainer because I wanted to feel, I wanted to help people, but I always also wanted to be like the guy that helped people because it's good for my mm. head. Knowing that I was contributing in a really powerful way to my community was really good to know, to one, feel wanted and to feel respected. I think that's what everyone really wants is to feel wanted, needed and respected. And I really got that out of personal training. And I feel like mm. it was a really good transaction of, hey, I'm educating you to feel better about your life. And you're just paying me cash. Like, I think that's a like, that's a really sound transaction. I don't think anybody loses there. I think, if anything, we're probably undervalued as trainers. Um, but that's yeah. a conversation for another time. Um, but yeah, so. but yeah, it was, mm -hmm. it was, it was definitely about creating that almost like I almost tried to fill a hole that I didn't have in my life through my business. If probably I can be honest, I think that's definitely mm. what it was about. Yeah. I, um, I, I think I did as well because, um, now we're getting very deep and. <laughs> My business. um, 
when I was, because, um, so guys, as you picked up, I see a psychologist every fortnight. So what you, you fundamentally talk about your childhood and all the fucked up shit that happened and why you, why you're the person you are now. And she's like, you're always wanting for connection. So he's like, your business is a way for you to connect with people who you want to be around. Um, and it's such a beautiful part of a business. And I think it's why you have such a special community. I can see that through the images, but more so just how much you love your, your fitness business. You're, you're saying before the episode, you go, if I, if I had a billion dollars, um, I'd still be in the gym at 5am. And I was like, well, hopefully me and you would like fly to Vegas or Europe for like a week. You said a week. And I was like, in my head, I was like, man, if, if this was a, became a billionaire, I hope we'll do like a six to 12 month you know? <laughs> I couldn't but do then- it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I love, I love waking about, up and I if, love people opening up the gym. I floss it. If you become a billionaire, I'm trying to get, we could do a little trip, go everywhere. <laughs> we'll go see every fucking gym in the world. But then <clears> once that's done, we'll, we'll come back. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll launch and right? scale. Fitness, but my but friend, yeah, no, I, I don't know, man. I, I truly believe that. Like, like if, if, if I had all the money in the world, I honestly believe only thing that would change is I'd probably wake up like five, like at seven, you know, or like I'd mm. probably be able to train from five to seven and then start my work day. That would literally be it because I like training in the mornings. Outside of that, like, like when I say I love what I do, dude, there's not another thing that I could wake up every morning at 4.30 and want to be motivated to do is come in, see the people that care about the service and to contribute to their life. Like that's, that's, I'm very, very happy in that space for now and happy growing that and, you know, whatever else. Mate, I love it. Guys, that's everything for today. Um, you're a good podcast guest, my friend. So I've had a I've had a few dicey ones in the past. Obviously, you want to train <laughs> with the axial, but thank you for being so open, um, for being being vulnerable at certain times in the episode. I know I appreciate it. I'm sure the community um, will definitely appreciate it. And mate, we're talking a bit about content. So where's kind of the best place for the guy for the guys to see some eyes on this hilarious content? <laughs> On this specimen of a human. Yeah. Um, Riz Fitness on YouTube or Instagram and the 12kg coach on Instagram for like my online-y stuff. But it's a bit more personal um, than like it's a bit of everything, a bit of a mishmash. But yeah, Riz Fitness or the 12kg coach um, or my mobile number, but that's a private. <laughs> <laughs> or, or my Snapchat. <laughs> or my Snapchat. Uh, uh, you know, you know, <laughs> it's just oh. hours of me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not a good I time. don't have Snapchat, but I want to get it now. But <laughs> yeah. guys, that's everything for today. Thank you so much. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, I always love if you um, give me a message um, on any of my social media channels. And of course, guys, just remember, as always, you have the most important job in the bloody world. The world is not getting healthier and fitter. We need more motivated and highly skilled and talented fitness business owners. So together we can change the world. And I hope that you guys have an amazing day wherever you are in the world. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the description below, there's a link where you can join our free Facebook group where we produce longer-form content and give away valuable resources to help your fitness business grow. There's also six of our best downloaded resources, so go below and check it out now. And, guys, we make these episodes for free, free for you. Make sure that you've taken notes and you're ready to take action. And if it added value to your life, to your business, please share it with someone else in the fitness community.